Hello and welcome to another edition of the Internet's Most Professional Podcast. It is The Three Donkeys. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Jonathan Bales and Peter Jennings. It was the first multi-game preseason slate tonight. Sorry, we're a little late there. I was sweating the end of the games. Bales, how's it going? Good. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about preseason. I, I was asking how much you, you were still firing in it. Uh, the, I, I, I believe I played one lineup ever in preseason. You gave it to me during racquetball. Uh, That's forbidden, dude. That didn't happen. No, 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 no. Never mind. Those. <laughs> I meant. To, I meant to say we were talking about it. <laughs> and I and I won a whole bunch. Yeah, your first uh, place. I remember it well. Yeah. Easy game. Yep. God's game is back. Peter, how's it going? Yeah, doing some underdog drafts before this. Did the preseason golf, doing all the sports stuff. It's it's football season, boys. It is indeed football season. Last fun thing I have before football season is tennis bets coming up Tuesday. Brendan Adams is Brendan Adams flying in Monday night, I believe, from his home in Miami. Bales is home in Miami also, but. Yay, Brandon Adams is flying in here on Monday night for uh, a tennis bet against me and then also a gambling golf trip to Vail with Peter and some other DGENs. The bet against BA I am excited about because he is much better than me, but I have been absolutely grinding my cock to the bone. I've been playing. What is grinding your cock to the bone? Oh, it's, it's just grinding so hard. I've been playing. Three times a week. I've often been playing at like 7 a.m. Um, I've been playing in the middle of the day, in the middle of the heat at, at times, like 90 degrees, playing for two, two and a half hour sessions. Um, you know, my fitness is, is way better than, it, than it's been in the past, I think. And um, yeah, I, I just think I'm going to play well and I'm, I'm excited about it. So um, yeah, I'm excited for the match. I have 3K to win 12K to win straight up against BA. And then we have some bonuses. I can win. Another 2K if uh, I'm able to get to nine games. If he holds me to four games or less, one in the match, um, he gets 2K. And by the way, this is the best of five set. Full-blown grind. You guys are absolutely insane. Imagine booking a five-set tennis match. This is all heart. See, nobody else out there would play with this kind of heart. This is best of five sets. Nadal versus Federer on the clay. It's going to be amazing. No, it's actually hardcore inside, so way different, but still um i'm excited about it man you guys know me i i nothing i like more than a uh good athletic challenge and a good tennis bet and i think this is one is fair unlike the ones that we've done with bales in the past this one is fair i know peter uh i think you got some action in uh in this match i certainly don't think that the price i got the four to one price i got was the right price ba is certainly way better than me but uh, i think peter you got some action also yeah, I originally was going to bet Brandon, but after watching you play, uh, I was pretty impressed. Uh, the only action I have so far is minuscule. I have action on not, you not getting bageled. Uh, 10 to 1, and you know about the retirement. You have to retire 6-0, or something like that. Do you know about this retirement deal? I, I did not, no. Uh, I, didn't, yeah. we didn't have, I, I didn't hear about any retirement clause. It, it, once the match started, I figured once I, if I retire, I just lose everything. But Yeah, our, ours, uh, and maybe you, you, do you have action so far on the ONO bet? I do not. You should get this bet because I think it's reasonable. Um, you'd for for us if you retired at six zero three zero or before, um, we'd only owe two k instead of uh, we're giving ten to one on you getting a game ten k right. to one k. I mean, I, I I'd be like Bales during the push up bet if I, I would die before I retired. You know, it'd have to be like a really bad injury for me. That's all. I know you wouldn't retire unless you got really hurt. I just yeah. Yeah. The calf thing, I, you know, I've had this lingering calf thing, which, which, you know, I feel totally fine now. I brought up, but I said this got this calf thing, that calf thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you seem like you're doing great. And I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, The only person who might love these bets more than you love it, Dan, I guess all the three of us are probably near the top, but Brandon might be the king of these, these prop bets. He absolutely loves them, lives for them, loves to negotiate months in advance and uh yeah the, the trip's gonna be awesome so hopefully you can make it up to the mountains for like half a day or a day yeah more tennis i know it's really busy but should be a, a ton of fun and uh yeah this has been a trip we've done forever um wilson won brandon adams stephen bass uh john aguiar comes out uh, there, there's a good crew empire maker was supposed to come out but you know of course he bailed yeah 
I had a book, uh, tennis bet also booked against Empire for this week. Uh, I heard his shoulder um, and texted me maybe a week or two ago and said he had to bail on the match. Hopefully we can get that rescheduled because I think that would have been uh, a fun one. Um, we were going to just play straight up because I think we're on a, a similar level. But yeah, the D-Gen trip in, in Vail definitely sounds fun. I'm going to try to make it up there uh, as well. And yeah, I, honestly, like with a lot of these bets, I know Bales has talked about this before. Like, even if I lose, and even if I lose, you know, 3,000 or 5,000 or whatever, like, it's been so fun getting ready for this match. I feel in such good shape, and, like, I, I just feels good to be out there grinding. And shout out to my coach, Coach Greg, who's been playing with me two or three times a week. So, uh, it's been great. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There's, like, benefits even if you lose. You know what I mean, Bales? Yeah. Well, I mean, when you bet against me in the 6, 12, 18, 24, yeah. uh, you that lost was worth that. it. That was worth you, it. You got to watch. Yeah history uh, <laughs> yeah so uh yeah the uh the um tennis thing with bi i mean we we, we did uh we've done a uh, a mile prop bet against ba and he's like a very shrewd negotiator yeah like yeah i mean he 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 got in really good he he was crushing us um but he also i think he in his tennis bets with bass he's lost he lost like more than 10 to one or something peter or like a, a lot he lost like relative. 10 straight 10 yeah the, the the bet against bass was ba had to get one game off of bass and he lost what peter like six seven times in a row or something like that yeah but there was one in particular that was extremely painful for ba because he was trying to bet bass that he could get two games so bass you know said okay if you want a bet on two games let's have like the same bet uh, or you can set the odds for what you want on that, but then I get the same odds and holding you to like it's either eight or six points or less. And Pass played like out of his mind. They were playing at like the center court um, at this resort when we were out for Indian Wells. And like, people were coming up and like, are those guys pros? And we're like, well, <laughs> one of them is. <laughs> but, but BA looked great, uh, but he got, I mean, it was amazing. Bass just, just ran through him i think he got it was like six or eight to one as well i can't remember i'm mixing up those two numbers but uh bass held him like one point less than what he needed to um that was that was definitely the biggest tennis win for kind of like when you bought out of the bet and then uh played me in racquetball in vegas levitan and i smoked your ass (laughs) god i was such i was on massive massive tilt for you that don't know 6 12 18 24 of course we can talk about another time but that was where basically I knew Bales was going to win that. I mean, that was so obvious uh, that he was going to win that, but it was so fun. You didn't know that. Oh, I knew you were going to win. And the only thing I didn't know if you could do was the running, but whatever. Um, and it, it was so fun and so funny. I was glad I did that. But then afterwards, you know, I'm definitely a favorite. Or at that time, I think I was a slight to medium-sized favorite over Bales in racquetball. And after he drained his body of cum and of all of its energy, we played racquetball after that. Um and yeah, I don't know how I lost that. That was an epic, epic choke. It sounded like you were going to explain the challenge, but then you didn't. So those that don't know it are very confused right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's I've said this so many times to people and explained what it is. And it's like people fucking love it. Like people love hearing about 6, 12, 18, 24 if you're a sick fuck. Basically, it it's all has to be done in a 24-hour period. You drink beers. You jerk off to completion, no dry coming. You run miles and you eat donuts and you can assign a number to each of them, 6, 12, 18, 24. Bales did uh, six miles, 12 jerks, 18 beers, and 24 donuts. So we can talk about that another time. But yeah, I mean, that was so fun, man. So fun. That was so fun. Watching uh, Bales jerk off and losing a bunch of money to him. It yeah. was great. It was good fun, man. It was good fun for sure. Um, I wanted to give... A shout out. It's crazy, man. After we talked about all the health stuff last week, I'm not exaggerating. I think I got like six or seven DMs and emails from various doctors. I'm sorry if I didn't write back to all of you. I think I did. But if I didn't write back to you, I'm sorry. It's been crazy the last week. But uh, but I really appreciate all the notes from all the doctors that gave their advice. And most of the doctors, you know, said a similar thing. Like they don't want to be reactive. They want to be proactive. However, Patients often don't listen. Patients don't want to come to see the doctor. Patients don't want to pay for extra stuff. And so it turns into reactive. Um, I also got a recommendation for what's called a uh, concierge doctor where like you pay some, you know, relatively small fee, like 3000 bucks for the year. And you have your own personal doctor like on call. And they're supposed to be like, hopefully more preventative and helpful to you um, than with just a normal GP who's like overwhelmed with 
a million people. So I don't know. I, I, I was appreciative of all the feedback that people got and, and people were actually worried that I was going to die, which, you know, uh, felt good. Also, uh, the concierge doc, we actually and I've had one for the last couple of years, but uh, we, we should chat about that. Did you, you got a specific recommendation? I do. Yes. He's actually near you. I don't want to say his name here, but he's, he's actually near you. Yeah. Okay. I hope it's not the same guy if you didn't, if you didn't like him, but I guess I never even heard of a concierge doctor. Yeah. It's like a, it's like you basically hire a personal doctor. You still have to pay your, it still runs through your insurance and everything. You just pay like a retainer for the whole year for him. And How you, much is, is that roughly? I think that I was told 3000 a year. And you're getting like top doctors in your city. I mean, you get one doctor who sees you. And then when if something like you need to see a specialist, he refers you to a specialist, but you have a cell phone, you text them, you know, whatever, whatever you, whatever so if you, you need. If you needed him at like 3 a.m., he has, he's on call. I guess so. But I mean, he's still just like a GP, you know, if you're like, you need to go to the hospital, you got to go to the hospital, you know, like that's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I don't know too much about it, but I'm looking into it. But again, very, very appreciative of everybody who wrote in. That was super nice. And, and yeah, definitely going to take away a bunch of stuff from, from the health stuff. Uh, one more update from the last week. Crawley Town, our Crawley Town, uh, lost their second regular season game. Shut out twice, 1-0. However, booked their first win in the League Cup game, uh, which is cool. Uh, so the next up in their League Cup game, they have to play Fulham, who's a Premier League team. So uh, they're going to be like, I haven't seen the line yet, but I would guess like, God, plus 600. To, I, I don't even know. I, I don't know English soccer that well, but a League Two team that's 0-2 against a Premier League team, I can't fathom um, what the line's going to be. But I'm excited for Crawley to try their medal against a Premier League team. That should be fun. All right. two, goal, two goals allowed in three games. I don't know. Defense is good. Yeah. Defense is yeah. good. Um, okay. Bales and Peter want to give a clarification of an underdog statement that was made. Um, take it away, Bales. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you really put me on the spot here. Hey, you put this on the sheet. You want to talk about it. Go ahead. No, we just uh, said, I mean, uh, yeah, so last week we had been talking about uh, um, Underdog, I think, and and I said that Jeremy uh, asked me to be CEO. Jeremy and I have been talking about uh, um, that that type of role for, for that type of company, um, but it was before Underdog launched, and then they, they hired... Uh, uh, Brandon and uh, he's been incredible. And uh, I heard that maybe there were there were some uh, rumblings about um, you know I, I want to make sure that no one no one thinks Jeremy like offered me the the CEO yeah. role like even recently. And when Jeremy and I were talking about there wasn't even un- Underdog wasn't even like formed yet. Um, there wasn't we we're just talking about the concept of it. And uh, yeah, I, I want to make sure that the Brandon's just doing an incredible job, truly much better than I could do. Jeremy made a, a great decision. And uh, this is not like some recent thing where, where uh, you know, Jeremy was talking to me about being CEO. Right. Uh, I, I would say that uh, I can say with 100% certainty, Bales would have done a worse job. I mean, look at Underdog now, $500 million valuation, number one. Number two, Jeremy doesn't need a CEO that's out there fly fishing all day. I mean, my God, you know, he needs a CEO out there grinding his cock not fly fishing. So you got to say Jeremy ended out with, uh, with the best, uh, outcome. I'm not doing a ton of fly fishing. I'm <laughs> mainly doing spinning, spinning real, uh, conventional. Uh, big clarification there. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, Wiggins actually texted me earlier this week. He was like, uh, well, on a scale of zero to a hundred, what's your interest in getting deep into fly fishing? And of course I responded with, uh, stone zero and, uh, he was like shocked and, and appalled, but, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's another retirement activity. Levitan, we need to keep cracking the whip. You need you're having I, a lot of these long days. Podcasting dude, seems great. Seriously, and, and like if I'm going to be out there for a bunch of time, I want to be active. Like I love, love, love playing tennis for like two and a half hours. I'm like so dead by the end, and I get the whole appeal of nature and fly fishing, and I get what Bales is doing and golfing and et cetera. I get that being nature, it's relaxing. But man, I just want to, I just want to be active. So if you had to pick one, golfing or fishing, which one? Um. Uh, I've never really been fishing, honestly, like actual fishing. I went deep sea fishing when I was a wedding in Mexico. And um, it was actually like really rough out there to the point where Lauren was throwing up and a, and a couple other people on the boat were throwing up. Uh, but we caught some barracuda. 
um yeah that's cool. not I, I don't like that fishing too much yeah it's all right yeah yeah it was pretty rough i've never just like stood on the side of a river and just like fished you know um yeah maybe i'll go with you next time i'm in miami which i'm actually planning to be in miami uh around christmas time so okay <sighs> maybe um okay have you done any uh fishing peter a little bit similar to, to levitan and i've been been out before when i was younger i haven't fly fished though which i want to do but I've, I've i've fished less than five times and yeah i'm too addicted to golf to pick up fishing i need to and actually i need to really slow down yeah, I, you can't be a you can't be a, you can't golf and fish <laughs> yeah. uh, i i had just absolute deep regrets on uh tuesday um we played golf at this big match at like 7 30 in the morning i got there at like 6 30 and of course uh played terrible we lost drank away my sorrows a little bit then our ac went out at the house so i rushed back to like help with the air conditioning and then i went to a rockies game with like all my former beer vendors uh had way too much to drink and that was my realization when i woke up the next morning that i need to get my ass in gear so I need to slow down in the golf but yeah, now I have another degenerate trip coming up, so it probably won't happen. But man, I felt really shitty on Wednesday. Oh, God. Uh, Mitch wants to know, Bales, uh, what hurt more after 6, 12, 18, 24, your balls or your stomach? I mean, it is a lot of jerking off, I got to say. My stomach. I, I mean, I uh, the jack-offs were no problem, as I predicted. Yeah, I did 11 the first six hours or something. Yeah, I, what Bales did, Levitan, that you, uh, I realize now is he had like the... He would get like the partial, he would get, you know, the part, not the full blown load. He'd do the partial. He was like saving, you know. Is that true, Bells? Where you, where you, had, can you, are you even capable of half coming? That sounds like it hurts. Oh, I can half come. Bales <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is the king. Remember, keep him up. He's got, he's got it all. He's got all the tricks. Yeah, exactly. Really, uh, half come. I can, I could one sixteenth of a come. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was mostly full coming, but there were a couple that were, I mean, I remember the fourth one, Friedman, uh, was he laughed when he picked it up. <laughs> so outrageous at Friedman. <laughs> Verify all of those. Shout out to Friedman. Yeah, I love Friedman too, man. That was all time. Um, okay. Uh, this Tiffany's thing. So obviously... We've all like the only NFT that I really uh, ever was into was Zed and CryptoPunks. CryptoPunks recently announced some Tiffany's thing. I didn't go through that. Peter, do you want to explain exactly what this was? And did you do the Tiffany's CryptoPunk bracelet? Yeah. So Tiffany's basically uh, created Punk's jewelry for they they sold 250 passes um, where you basically can leverage a CryptoPunk to get um a tiffany's bracelet with the punk as well as a tiffany's nft um yeah it's been kind of interesting to watch they're expensive they're 30 eth um they've traded kind of between like low to mid 20s up to 30 eth um i don't know it's very speculative but i think it is uh cool to see a big brand like tiffany's embrace um punks i mean i think i mean from my view it's really cool and um yeah, I think long term, there's a chance that uh, the Tiffany's NFT, the bracelet and a punk could be worth a lot together. But yeah, Bales go. I know you're you're paying attention to this as well. And I believe you're going to do one as well. It's actually yeah. cool to get something physical. I mean, that's just my take. Like getting an actual physical thing is actually uh, pretty cool. Maybe that's a boomer take. But yeah, I thought that was cool. Anyways, go ahead, Bales. Oh, BA just texted me right now. He's, we're talking about Rainmakers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, my my thinking there's a lot of variables, I guess, or a few variables with the Tiffany's thing. My thinking was that um, I thought that there was a decent chance that because of the scarcity that if you just got one, you could re maybe resell it higher on secondary. And that hasn't been the case. So I was completely wrong on that. And um, uh, yeah, that threw off the, the math for me. So uh, yeah, uh, I think it'd be sweet to, to get the necklace. I think there's some chance that maybe I don't know. Uh, ho hopefully, I believe the person that's running the Tiffany's thing is like um, pretty ingrained in in Web three, and maybe they like. Hopefully, they keep this scarce, and this is like, uh, you know, that there's only ever going to be one edition of this, the two fifty, and maybe they're airdropping things to the um, the NFT holders in the future, and then it could be worth it. But right now, in terms of just like 
you know, the, the, the necklace and um, the NFT, probably not. So I, I was kind of, I, I kind of thought that the price of it would go up, but uh, I still think it's a really sweet thing. And, and there is some chance that it's like looked back upon as the uh, sort of merger between like the uh, real, the physical and, and digital worlds um, and becomes valuable in the same way that punks are because they were the first NFT on Ethereum type of thing. Yeah. That is cool for for sure. Yeah, I, I I like that one. Speaking of what's going on with crypto and markets, Peter, I mean, my God, Ethereum is ripping. I mean, up almost, I think, 100% over the last, I don't know, month, month and a half, two months. Stocks have obviously bounced as well. Uh, I haven't really been following closely what's going on because, like I've said before, I'm not really a trader. I'll check back in 10 years and see uh, how everything's doing. But any takes on this rip? of both crypto and stocks. I mean, I guess the stocks aren't ripping as hard as crypto, but definitely uh, Ethereum has been ripping. Uh, you're on mute, Peter. Rookie move. Classic rookie move. Um, it's interesting. I mean, Ethereum has this big merge that um, I think a lot of people are pretty bullish on. Um, we'll see what, what ends up coming from that. I'd love to hear Bales's perspective. I'm not technical enough to like fully explain it, but um, I do think it's interesting, and obviously the price action on Ethereum has been super, super strong. So it sounds like the merge is set for approximately September 15th through the 16th. Um, and the big move, just from like a broad term, there's, you know, Vitalik and other people will go into more detail if you're looking for content on this, but it's going from proof of work to proof of stake. Um and from a scalability perspective, I think people are pretty excited about that. From a transaction cost perspective, I think people are excited. So that's one big thing. And then broadly, I think it's, you know, the other factor is just risk on is really traded up. Growth stocks have had a really good stretch here. Um, we just had uh, like the first inflation print that wasn't like really, really hot. Um, still eight and a half percent, but it, month over month, it was basically unchanged. So risk-on assets have done well because I think people are anticipating a more dovish pivot from the Fed. Um, but yeah, it's 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 super hard to, to navigate. I mean, I, I feel the, the emotionally, I feel some of the same stuff. And like if you watch people's behavior, when things were going down, everyone was so bearish. And then things start going up and people are like, oh, what should I buy? Um, so people are always like, like I just from following people on Twitter and seeing other things, people are like, Oh, I'm selling right now. And then they're all buying again as things go up. So classic human behavior. I don't know if this is a, a bear market rally or the start of a new bull market, but there's still plenty of things to be concerned about. Um, Bales, what are your thoughts specifically on the merge and Ethereum long-term? Yeah. All, all of that is really interesting because um, yeah, whether or not something has value, uh, is in large part due to what other people think. So like if we treat the merch like, uh, uh, you know, a Bitcoin happening or something, um, you know, I've seen in the past people will say like, oh, well, when when Bitcoin has, then uh, this happens to the price and people act like this, whatever. But that's just what happened in the past. And then people will adjust for that. And so uh, in the future, maybe uh, the the um happening or uh or the merge is already priced in like how do we know if it's if 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 it's already priced in or if people um you know how how do you know if you're like early uh basically on um on the things that you're considering versus other people it's not really like um all all these different macro factors and all of the different uh, inputs, I guess, that go into determining something's value matter, but then it also matters what other people think. And you have to consider like, wh what reason do, do I, should I have to think that I have an edge over over someone else? And um, yeah, when it comes to, to ETH, uh, I don't know what, what, what percentage of that is already priced in. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, some people before this happened thought it was priced in. Some people didn't think it was priced in at all. Um, it could be a sell the news situation. I mean, it's kind of the perfect timing in terms of like, you know, risk on trading better. And it's a couple weeks out um, or a month out, I guess, at this point. So, yeah, I don't have a, a strong view. I still think Bitcoin's really interesting. We've started to see a little bit more regulation around crypto. And actually, to me, it's been somewhat encouraging. They're actually going after stuff that makes 
sense instead of just straight banning things. Um, not all of it makes sense, but it feels like the regulation has been somewhat reasonable. Um, and then, yeah, I, I'm just watching a lot of these factors. I mean, I'm still trying to think about housing. Um, you know, a lot of every everyday Americans are hurting around the world. There's still a lot of weird stuff going on. Um, but it is tricky to kind of figure out what's happening specifically um, within kind of the macro economy because we've had this this nice little run, but people are split. And I certainly don't have a strong view of this is a bear market rally or um, the start of, you know, kind of the recovery and, and we're into a new bull market again. Yeah. The only thing I know for sure is that people on Twitter are just shilling their own bags. I mean, if we learned anything from the last cycle, it's just people on Twitter pumping their own bags and doing different stuff behind the scenes. They're just trying to pump their own bags. I mean, that's just so, I mean, I, I wouldn't take anything away from that um, whatsoever, what's going on there. But yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I do think the one interesting thing right now that I am excited for um, that impacts all of us and a lot of people listening is I am very um, interested and excited for kind of the betting industry and just the gaming space. Um, those earnings have been a little bit better. The excitement for football seems off the charts. I cannot believe how much action there is in best ball, these pick yeah. Um There's some big companies getting involved. I mean, I've seen so many blockchain um you know, sports betting or prediction markets. I've seen sports stock markets with like huge funding, uh, tons of new startups, tons of capital behind these businesses. I think a lot of these ideas were funded last year and, and people are really making a big push. So I think that's a tremendous opportunity for betting um, to be in the, the the business side of things. And hopefully we'll see operators do really well this year as well. I mean, that you know, everyone talks about how they get complained about being limited. And obviously there's some bad things from a better perspective, but Long term, if you want to make money around this industry, we need some operators to do well. So I'm pretty excited. I think I think things are set up really well. And yeah, Fanatics, uh, some of those guys, they actually had an offset here in Denver. Um, I think they're going to make some big moves, which is which is definitely good for the industry. Yeah, I, I pulled up this article about Fanatics filing for sports betting trademark, you know, signaling their intent to come into the sports betting space. Um, I know the Fanatics guys, Michael Rubin, not personally, but I was following them because Michael Rubin's a Philly guy. Um, and me and Bales were in Philly. He was like going out with Embiid to all like the clubs and stuff like that. I was like, who is this guy? And he like owned the Sixers. And then I, you know, um, he was the man behind Fanatics. Sounds like they're getting into sports betting. And so there's going to be some like really big players getting in, which hopefully, like Peter said, will lead to more competition and better stuff for customers. Uh, I don't know how it's going to play out. I also wanted to bring up this article from David Purdom. Shout out to a friend of the show. David Purdom, who wrote a whole article. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he wrote a whole article about player props. And I was just like, oh my God, I like, I, like, I didn't even think it, it was this much. But the headline of the article is the future of NFL betting, why player props are expected to be king. And, and he goes on to quote some people uh, in the space and, and guys that say, you know, props are going to be 70-30 oversides and stuff like that. I didn't think that would ever happen, largely because of limits. But I think it's like, the influence of fantasy. I don't know if you have a take here, Bales, but like I, I always felt like I was in a bubble and we were in a bubble because we're so into fantasy and we're so into DFS. And so of course we're so into player props, but this article made it sound like it's even like way more mainstream than that. I, I don't know if you have a take on props versus sides and stuff like that, Bales, but it seems like the books understand that like, this is what people want and they're going to try to uh, market it that way. Obviously limits are a major issue, which I can talk more about in a second. Yeah, I think props are going to grow for sure. I think that they know that. I think they're going to put more resources into that. And so limits will go up a bit. But um, I don't think that traditional books like really understand. Uh, I think that like, for example, what Underdog or um, Prize Picks and other sites are doing is probably closer to what people are actually going to do, which is like almost like a, a fantasy sports version of sports betting um, or DFS of sports betting type of thing. Um, I think that that has more potential to grow than thinking that. No, I, I don't think props are going to overtake sides at NFL, like not even close. Yeah, me either. Uh, uh, and, you know, obviously, like we have been deep, deep, deep into props at ETR and like people love it. I mean, I can't tell you guys every day I get like five to 10 messages from people being like, hey, when when are the details on the props coming out? When, when are you guys going to start uh, telling us about the props for the for the season? And like people are so into it. Um, and I can't tell if it's because people actually like 
betting player props or if it's just because they know we're going to win, you know, and there's like some line there where like people just want to win, you know, and people like free money, buddy. Right. And so like, we know, we know we're going to win, but also I, I can't tell if it's because they like play routes. Like if we, if we were, if we had winners on like darts or something, would they be like, Oh, can't wait for that darts package, Adam. I, I, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's just, it's just such a great market for us because obviously we're doing all the work already. And so we know we're going to win. And obviously people love, love to win. So, I mean, that's, that makes no, yeah. Those pick them contests people love on underdog and prize picks. And to me, that's going to be kind of the evolution of, of betting. I mean, I think we'll see a lot of different types of games, but people love, you know, risking a little to win a lot, these lottery type payouts and the same game parlays. And I could see a ton of different stuff that, you know, involves your favorite team, your favorite player from that team or whatever. Um, and I think, I think that market is going to continue to grow. I think you're going to different forms of parlays will continue to be popular and, with players specifically, I think that's a great way to to have the player props. And some people are really beating those. I know that uh, most people are losing, but some people are absolutely crushing like those pick'em contests on underdog and prize picks. Yeah, if you have like DFS GPP style payouts and uh, um, traditional sports betting like uh, binary, like pick this, 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 like a fantasy sports uh, lineup type of thing with sports betting outcomes. Uh, does phrase that really weird, but I think that that's probably the future. Um, yeah. I, the, the appetite for risking a little to win a lot is just absolutely insatiable. People don't mind getting in bad with 16% rake and knowing they have a losing expectation as long as they think that there's some chance, even if they know it's in, infinitesimally small, they can turn $20 into a million. And, and I totally get it. You know, I, I, I do, I do totally get it. Um, you know, it's not the style I like to gamble uh along those lines but i totally totally get it and yeah i think gamifying it like that like peter and bale said makes a lot of sense yeah imagine you're watching like sunday night football or monday night football and, and it's just like you're betting on the next play you're betting on you know certain players to go over under and if you get everything right and you know no one else in the field gets everything right you want a bunch of money like that's gonna definitely be a huge thing simple bets doing some really interesting stuff and i hope player props are big because i i think it's good for the NFL fantasy is obviously a huge part of American society. And I think um, unlike the European markets, these other markets, it's like something that people love to bet on. So hopefully it's a, I don't think just like where player props are now, like that specific market, it's not a great thing for the operators, but if they can come up with other games that are lottery type play payouts with player props. That should be huge. Uh, yep. I wanted to bring up this this Jake Paul story real quick. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, so I kind of just glossed over it. Jake Paul's new sports betting business raised fifty million. I watched his like two minute hype video, and he actually got the tattoo of his new company's like logo uh, on his leg. Um, I glossed over it because I was just like, you know, this guy is just um, not a serious business guy in the sports betting space. It's not going to be. A real deal type of thing. I don't know if you guys any had any reaction to this. I, I think the play that a lot of these like celebrity stuff goes for is like, hey, we'll get somebody famous, an influencer like Dan Bilzerian or Jake Paul, and we'll put his name on top of a sports book, and we'll get a bunch of sports betters that are idiots that that follow them, and we'll make a bunch of money. I, I don't, I don't know if that's the plan here, but it just seems like um, that this is not the kind of thing that works. But I don't really have any idea i didn't really look into it too close we we didn't talk about this at all and this is very funny because uh this is this is uh my friend joey joey levy's company uh he he started simple bet and uh, is now starting better and i'm going to the, the launch party tomorrow oh shit here in miami yeah uh i think yeah i mean joey's amazing i think jake is like he's not just he's not like floyd mayweather he, i i think he's really really sharp actually um he's yeah i don't even like, know anything about him so i really shouldn't say but yeah yeah so i don't think he's just like a typical influencer i, I have no idea what what their deal is and stuff but um yeah my hot take is that jake paul is actually i think he's really really sharp everything that i've seen that he's done is really sharp so and it, i think he's like pretty well spoken too he has good reasons around what he's doing yeah the, the one thing from the hype video that i noted was like they really highlighted this micro betting thing in other words if you guys don't know what micro betting is it's like um then bet on the next pitch or who will win the next point in a tennis match or who will uh, find the green on 17 or something like that. Like micro betting, like bets within bets that just turn over and turn over and turn over and turn over. Obviously if you're the book, you can make a lot of money that way because losing 
compounds. And if people are, most people are losing is compounds really fast. So I think that's their idea. I don't know for sure, but that's what they were um, talking about in the hype video. I don't know if you saw this story, Peter, any reaction to the, to the Jake Paul stuff? Yeah, I, I did see the story and I think it's interesting and I'm mostly on Bale's kind of, I share a similar view. That's dope that you're going to that party. And again, this is one of the things I was referencing that I saw that I just think is good. I mean, we, we definitely had kind of the glory days from a bonuses perspective, being here in Colorado, there's a ton of opportunity for sports betting and any legal state. Um, and I think operators are going to be more sensible going forward broadly, but now we're seeing this new wave of ideas and different types of books versus just like, you know, the traditional players, like just saying, Oh, I'll just throw up a sports book and make money and they'll be great. Uh, long-term I'll be able to do I casino and everything else. Um, you know, I think a lot of companies learn the hard way that it's, it's a tough business, but the good news is we have a lot of entrepreneurs, smart builders, influencers um, really getting involved. And I think it's, it's great. So I hope it works out and more differentiated businesses right. is good for the space. That's what I was going to say. I mean, better for us, right? Better for the customers to have more options, more competition. It's undoubtedly better. You know, if there's guts down to the point where there's only one book or two books out there, that's, that's going to be, you know, quite bad for the consumer. And so like, yeah, here and in I Colorado, think, it's great. And the U S too, I think there will be, more operators and just different types of businesses. Um, so hopefully that's the case. And that's kind of my overall thesis that Americans love games and a lot of different formats to speculate on sports. Uh, we should react. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of sharp, did you see what I sent you? Yeah. So <laughs> this is hilarious. This tweet I thought was so good. So uh, I'm sure you guys all saw the Antonio <laughs> Brown uh, tweet from today he referenced red rocks which of course peter knows well peter was a former beer vendor at red rocks in his youth i mean what an all-time quote from antonio brown i understand that he's probably dealing with mental illness but i still found the quote really great <laughs> he's as sharp as they come the jesus I mean, that was fire though i just thought i mean there was so like this just i mean there's so many good quote retweets on this i mean adam you had a pretty good one a bunch of people went after this and like i thought the red rocks i mean i'm biased but i thought that was awesome yeah like seeing jesus at red rocks I, said, I i i don't think that antonio wrote this i think someone wrote this for him you think no that, I would get so much money that antonio brown wrote this himself let me read the last line yeah, for I'm, people listening on the podcast the, the last line is my biggest regret is that i'll never get to see me antonio brown play a game live Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that, like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. <laughs> so good. That's just incredible. I know. It's too funny. I just thought, like, I, I think he had some input, but th this, this is like if Antonio Brown came to me as like, hey, write a funny tweet. Like, I would write this. <laughs> No, no, I, I think it was him. And I actually, he probably didn't even write it. I think he probably like said it and then turned it into a tweet. But yeah, I'd love to know the backstory on it. But that, yeah, shout out to Antonio. But yeah, you know, this is, uh, it, he's probably dealing with some type of mental illness for sure. D says that AB had an editor for sure. So hmm. yeah. Love these. And are you really using Twitter on light mode, Levitan? Uh, apparently. Wow. I'm actually normally I use TweetDeck, but since I opened it as a link, I mean I think you're a huge fish if you're not using TweetDeck. But since I opened it as a link, it did not open in TweetDeck; it opened in the uh, regular one. Um, okay. I'm on light. I don't even know how to change it. <laughs> you're good. I'm a boomer too. I can't. I can't talk smack. I I do a lot of things badly. Uh, last thing to mention here before we get to lot in is this competition tweet from Bales. Bales linked to an article that he wrote about competition a couple of years ago or maybe a year or so ago referenced some of our racquetball games bale smashed i don't know two or three rackets to complete destruction after i beat him in racquetball bales why do you go back to the competition thing now and any more takes on that uh i i had seen this interview with brian pellegrino who uh i think more people know pellegrino now but maybe not as many um as people should, I think he's like one of the smartest people I ever met. His background in in poker and uh, AI and DFS. He's built companies and um, has a crypto company now. Uh, but 
yeah, he had a, an interview with this um, uh, site that's 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 new, and I, anytime he talks, I, I try to listen to what he says. But he 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 uh, mentioned something um, about how he's trying to be less competitive, and I know, I know he he was like a collegiate wrestler and is very naturally competitive, as I am. Um, he said that uh, that Einstein hated competition and like wouldn't play any games, um, and that feels so unnatural to me. Like. I feel like I've had a lot of success trying to be competitive and uh, I've like gotten in fights with people and lost friends because I'm so competitive. Like I just tried, it feels natural to me to try to like win at everything that I do. Um, and uh, yeah, when, when we were playing racquetball, uh, you know, um, I did break a, a few rackets along the way and, um, uh, but the the strategy that you play in racquetball, like like the 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 way that I played you was not the way that uh, you should play. Probably if you're trying to be the best player that you could possibly be. Um, and the impetus for the article that I wrote was someone sent me uh, this these videos on speedrunning, which is like trying to uh, finish video games in the in the fastest time possible, and you have to be really good at video games, obviously, but to be the best in speedrunning, you have to like find out some weird thing about the game that no one else knows, which means you can't just try to like optimize everything you do to race through the courses as fast as possible. You have to sort of go off the the uh, the normal path and and explore and do things in a weird way. And um, yeah, I think that to become like being competitive and trying to do things the way that other people do and just doing it better than them and practicing that is a good way to become good or really great at something. But to become the best at something, you have to do things completely differently from other people. You have to be able to do that too, but you also need to be able to explore and, and be creative and, uh, and sort of um, come up with your own solutions to things. Uh, and that, yeah, the Pellegrino interview reminded me of that and that article that I wrote. And um, uh, yeah, I find it interesting that the top people in the world, I think, are, they're not that concerned with competition and they're just sort of doing their own thing. Yeah. The the hard part for me is sometimes I'll have like what I think are original ideas or just like original takes on various things from betting or players or life or whatever. It's hard to have confidence in it when you're like on an island alone and i think bales does a good job of having confidence in it even when no one else in the world thinks that he's right and pellegrino does also like that's the hardest thing to do right bales like be contrarian and be right i don't know if that's what you're getting at here but like to me that's like something that sticks with me Some, there's been times in the past rag i just wish that i stuck with my gut in the face of everybody being like what are you talking about yeah, I mean, there's certainly uh, the the more uh, right you are, and the and the fewer people that agree, the the greater the payoffs. And so there's there's a, an obvious advantage to that. Um, but no, I, I I don't know. Maybe that's like an innate thing. Like I, I I just don't even really consider what other people think in terms of like how confident I am and what I'm thinking. Maybe in some way, I guess, but um, I don't know. It, it it just doesn't cross my mind <laughs> to think about that too much. Sure. Yeah. And the other thing is like, if you, if you're, I think it, it's a good reason to just follow your passions because if you're doing something that you're passionate about, you're just going to like, you know, explore and do things differently and just, and just do stuff because that's what you like to do. And in doing that, you'll probably become, you'll probably figure out the optimal strategy because that's the way that you should be doing it versus uh trying to beat someone or because someone else said that that's the way that you should approach it uh what are you doing for competition now because we you don't have me to play racquetball against i mean what are you doing for competition now it doesn't seem like you're 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 gambling that much you're not playing racquetball i mean you're just competing against the fish out there i mean and i, mean, I don't mean fish like uh people who suck at gambling i mean actual fish uh what are you doing for competition now uh yeah, I'm trying to set something up with BA right now. We've been playing some Padel and stuff, but yeah, I don't have I don't have too much. Yeah. Yeah, get going. Exactly. All right. Shall we lot in before uh everybody riots? 
Um, once again, we proved corporate wrong last week. Laden was wildly popular. Um, actually, I didn't check, but um, I'm just assuming that that Laden was wildly yeah. popular. All right. I imagine. I, I can only imagine how popular it was. Bales, I'll give you the floor if you're ready for one of your Ask Clown questions. All right. Do you guys want to do six or nine questions each tonight? <laughs> you mean three rounds? So we ask everyone, that's how we're supposed to do it, right? Well, six. Extended, extended version tonight. All right. Here we go. Uh, I'll start with you, Levy. Uh, if gravity, if gravity weren't a factor, how long would it take you to drive a car to outer space, traveling a consistent sixty miles per hour? So there's no gravity. You just need to drive a car. You can drive it straight up into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. What's what's part of the atmosphere? You're just going uh, like perpendicular to Earth's surface. Yeah, how but long under- until you get? Remember Bezos and like Elon and all these guys were fighting about like, oh, the rocket got to this part of the atmosphere, not this part. I mean, I'm, I'm not totally yeah. Kidding. How long until uh, until until you uh, reach no gravitational pull, where you just sort of you know, you're, you're, no- you're yeah, you're you're outside of Earth's gravitational pull. Okay. Because yeah, there's different layers. Like if you got it, like I, I believe you have to travel twenty five thousand two hundred miles per hour or something to, uh, um, outrun Earth's like escape velocity. So if you went like twenty four thousand miles an hour, you'd like sort of bend, and uh, um, so you need to whatever. <laughs> if you could just uh, to get to get to get to the point that you completely uh, reach Earth's escape velocity you're in outer space um and you're traveling 60 miles per hour in a car how long would that take no googling yeah because this there's actually no googling an, of course because yeah. this is this is a bad question because there's actually an answer right like there's definitely a, a right answer here right it's not a, it's not a bad question just don't look it up yeah there's a, actually a right answer well All right. Man, it's hard to put myself in Levy's shoes here. I have an answer. All right, I have an answer. I said one year. I said three days. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I, I said 30 minutes. <laughs> yes. The, the, I thought you were going to go way high. I, I would have guessed like a week on my own. I, I mean, have you seen high. Apollo 13? They, they get out to the atmosphere in like no time. Yeah, he's close. Outer space is only 60 miles away. So it would take an hour. Wait, it's how, it's how many miles away? I think a 62. Oh, well, dude, I was right on it. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah, it's I really would have guessed like seven days. I was way, way off. Yeah. I thought Levitan was going to go super high. No, I mean, it's a, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I, I, I only know from the movies. Uh, Tyler, who has a NASA background, says, if you ever want to come on site and tour NASA, so these types of questions are sharper, hit me up anytime. This this sounds cool. Yeah, I, I like that. I would love that to. That sounds that. great. Tyler, where are you in like Houston or something? Isn't that where NASA headquarters are? Um, He's in Houston or Florida probably, right? Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know, Ty. That would be uh, uh, really cool. Um, all right. Peter, go ahead. All right. Bales, how many times has someone drank out of a cup that has chew in it in the year 2022? You know, people have like those spitting cups. How many times has someone drank out of one of those cups or how many times has someone drank that has chewing it this year, 2022 all over the world, all over the world. It's the most disgusting thing of all time. 
Uh, I've and, eaten, uh, you know, at, and when you go get edamame or whatever, and people have two plates, you know, one with the edamame and one with the discarded edamame. I've like put that in my mouth, the discarded ones in my mouth, so many times because I was like confused which ones were which. It's so I know they 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 look the. They, I know they maintain. I think a lot of people have done that. Ugh. They maintain their like pee integrity. You know the yeah. <laughs> they look exactly the same. Uh, man, including the person who spit the chew out. Yeah, of course. So far this year. So far in 2022. Hmm. All right. I have an answer. I have an answer. I have an answer. All right. I said... 45,000. No, we're on the same range. I said 15, 15 K. 750,000. 750,000. What are you talking about? I think it's more common than that. I mean, I think that that's pretty common. My dad used to chew and I know that he did it all the time. Oh, it's so gross. Like on accident, on accident, obviously. Yeah. You just lay around. Yeah. Maybe he's just an idiot. But no, I, yeah, maybe I'm high, but. Okay. Uh, who am I asking? Either. either. Okay. Uh, for Peter, how many people in the United States use a pen and paper calendar instead of their phone? How many people in the United States are currently using pen and paper for a calendar like this i use a pen and paper see i keep my whole schedule here on on something like this i don't use my phone uh for oh a calendar. my god that's an... <laughs> up again. You... It's, it's been a busy month as you can see you use that over like google calendar yeah i don't trust that shit i i use this <laughs> i don't trust that shit <laughs> What about when people invite you to like events and you can just click through them on email and stuff? I write it down. I when somebody when I get a Google invitation, I write it down on here. What do you photograph that every time you leave your home? Like what happens if you go out and someone's like, "Hey, could you, buddy?" I never, I never leave the home. Yeah, that is that's the key. <laughs> wow. Well, we know there's at least one. This is United States only, by the way. I have an answer. All right, I have an answer. Okay. I have an answer. All right. I said 225,000 people. Fucking I said 4. Point, that was 4.5 million. I said 2 million. Yes. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people, and, and I almost asked this clarifying question, and maybe this has influenced mine, but maybe you'd answer differently. But a lot of people, like, for their kids, keep, like, a paper calendar. Like, I don't There's know. a lot of old people that do it. That was my first initial thought. It's like, if you're yeah. 16 over, like... Yeah. yeah, like my mom has like a calendar like that. I mean, I think she probably. Well, there's probably a lot of people that have both, right? Like a work yeah. calendar and then like there. Yeah, Brian in the chat says he does do both. Uh, Skyler yeah. says it's a a psycho move. Agree to disagree, Skyler. Uh, yeah, your move is absolutely outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to bells. Uh, you gotta ask. Pe- you gotta ask Peter this time. Um, Peter, how long would it take Rosie O'Donnell to? Um, doggy paddle nonstop <laughs> uh, to doggy paddle nonstop from Miami to Portugal, assuming no fatigue. What about sleep? No, she's just going straight. 
no sleep, no fatigue, and she's not going to run into any uh, sharks or anything like that. She's just no. We're we're assuming optimal rate, or uh, yeah, optimal uh, the like path is is exactly where she should go, and that's adjusted for current. <laughs> to Portugal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my answer. Doggy paddle. I have an answer. I have an answer. All right. I had no idea. I said 5,000 hours. <laughs> I said 900 days. I said 390 days. That's probably giving her a little too much speed. <laughs> she doesn't get fatigued. No. Yeah, I think it's actually less than what I what I said. Yeah. The only yeah, thing I to... 208. Mine comes out to 208 days. Ship it. Really? Yeah, 5,000 divided by 24. God damn it. <laughs> that was funny one. What do you think 5,000 hours was? I don't know. That seemed like way off. <laughs> well, what was yours, Peter? Mine was 390 days. Fuck, I was going to say way lower. I thought you were going to... Go super high? Up. I thought you were going to mess this up, Levitan. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the thing to worry about, though, is like... The, yeah, there is some the, the the current. Like she has to go against current at times. Yeah. So I just I knew roughly how big it was across the ocean because I just kind of did it when I went to France. So I had some rough idea. Otherwise, I would have been a disaster. Five thousand hours, she would have to go roughly. It's like four thousand miles across, right? Point probably point seven five miles per hour or something the entire time. Yeah. I don't know. How fast can you doggy paddle? I I mean I'm I'm like world class doggy paddle, but <laughs> world class doggy paddle. Uh, did I ask you Levitan or did I ask Bales? I think you asked Bales. Okay, Levitan. In the last decade, how many people have got caught watching porn by their significant other, parents or sibling, and tried to shut down the computer? <laughs> <laughs> That's a what question. About, what about phone? No phone. It has to be on a, a computer or something like that. Desktop, like now. <laughs> Desktop. <computer. laughs> they get caught, and then they immediately try to shut it down. In the last, last decade? decade? Yeah. I have a funny story. When if we... I would have said, I almost included how many people named Mike have had this happen, but decided to go a little more broad. What if uh, unique people, right? Or if you get caught yeah, 10 times. Yeah, unique people. And if you have gotten caught more than once, it only counts as one. In the world, in the last decade. And the people who have caught them are spouse, girlfriend, parents, or siblings. Boss. We could include, uh, we'll include boss. What about friend? Sure, include it all. Why don't we just include uh -huh. it all? On Stern, uh, Sal Governale is this sick, sick fuck. He got he got caught jerking off in the in the office. Like, <laughs> uh, all right, we're including all that. How many unique people in the last decade? But the other key factors, they had to immediately try to shut it down. They didn't continue on. They didn't do any other behaviors. They just continue on. Okay. <laughs> Well, that changes my answer. Exactly. <laughs> Immediate shutdown. Okay, I have an answer. I have an answer. 
I said 20, 25 million. Oh, I went way higher. I think left of 10 might have gone high too. I said 400 million. <laughs> 69 million. Oh, I knew to go for me. I had a hundred million first too. Most most people are pretty cautious about you know where and when. Not not many people are sick fucks like Sal. I mean, you know, <laughs> getting caught in the office. I mean, oh my god, <laughs> what a disaster that would be. Okay, uh, who am I asking? I think Bales. Yeah, I think okay. so. All right, Bales. How how long? would it take you to eat enough pies to cover the entire surface area of the state of Colorado? <laughs> and we're all asking Bales type questions now. It's great. And Bales, right. can, he can eat continuously. He doesn't need to like use the restroom or he has to like sleep. Like what? No, he's just eating straight. No sleep, I, no, no shitting, nothing. Do I get full? Does not get full. Oh, he just okay. keeps eating. Okay. And what type of pie? <laughs> <laughs> That's a big question. Uh, it's a, a, a peach cobbler. Very interesting. <laughs> Blueberry would have been a way different answer. <laughs> Well, I could, I mean, the, I don't know if you guys have had shoe fly pie. It's a local Amish pie. It's very heavy. Or a rhubarb. Key lime? <laughs> a key lime. Yeah, that'd be a lighter pie, maybe. All right. How long would it take Bales to do this? Yes. And I'm just eating nonstop. I don't get full. Right. And, and you I have just... no other tasks to do. You just have to eat nonstop. <laughs> you don't gain any weight. You don't get full. You just get to eat. I just keep. Pie. I just keep eating. Yeah. Hmm. To cover the surface area of Colorado. All right, I have an answer. All right, I have an answer. I'm in, I'm I'm deep in the tank. <laughs> You guys should talk about something else. I need to figure this out. Uh, producer Luke actually suggested to me that uh, he could overlay some music, and obviously we couldn't do it live. I don't think. I don't know if Streamyard has that capability. Maybe they do, but uh, we could. Actually, they probably do. We should. We should try to overlay some music in here while uh, we're not in the tank for the Laden. Yeah. Do we chop? I haven't actually listened back to the Laden recently. We don't ever. We don't chop out any of the dead silence, do we? No. No. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, it makes it approachable. <laughs> People are in the tank, too. Okay, right. I have an answer. Go ahead, Peter. I said 500 years. Oh, God. This could be really humiliating. I think I'm overcompensating for some of my previous answers. I said 1.1 million years. I think that's closer to right. I said 800... Uh, 16,750,000 hours, which would be <laughs> 34 million days, 93,000 years. What'd you say, Levitan? 1.1 million. Oh, 593,000. So I'm like 100. Yeah, you win. You win. Wow. I had freaking 5,000 years written before, too, and I just... I just feel like on those, I always underestimate, and, and so I, I felt like I should go really high. Colorado, there. the surface area of Colorado is... Great. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a, I don't know how big it is. I just estimated uh, it was uh, roughly around... I mean, I 
assumed it was a box. I know it's not, but 300 miles long. Yeah. Um, all right. 66 million acres in Colorado. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, to even eat an acre's worth of pie would take. Some time. <laughs> 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 yeah, you think. Uh, by the way, before we get out of here, I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to the actual alphas who went to the top of uh, Beerstad a couple weeks ago. Peter chose to golf instead, but let me just bring this up here uh, while we're talking about Colorado. This was me, uh, me, Leone, Galen, and uh, Mark Denkenbring up at the top of Mount Beerstad, over 14,000 feet. You can see uh some of the other peaks in the background there i'm not sure what they are maybe mount evans or something like that but it was an incredible experience my body uh was in bad shape for a few days afterwards but uh felt good and felt great to do it and so uh all-time experience if anybody comes to colorado they should definitely 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 do it um you know the easiest 14er um and if we could do it certainly anyone can do it yeah, so, yeah. any anything is possible when you get to the the top of a mountain it just feels like anything is possible and in this case it was possible that you were the tallest person in the picture (laughs) i was standing on some rocks don't worry (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you all for being here uh on the next show we got somebody dm me i'm sorry i forget his name dm me uh to ask about some of our backstory like uh, i'm sure some people listening think that um you know we just showed up and started doing this show and fuck around all day and, um, you know, play golf and, and stuff like that all day. Um, it they seems don't, like they have a good read on us. <laughs> they don't realize, uh, uh, how we kind of, uh, came up or whatever. And so, uh, we're going to address that next week, but if anybody has topics that they want us to touch on, on three donkeys, not talking about literally anything over. And if it's good, or if we think it's interesting, we'll certainly, talk about on the show so thanks for everybody for hanging out we'll be back next week with another three donkeys i'm actually taking a trip to um well i have the the tennis match we can recap next week and then i gotta go to california uh the week after that for a family thing and um and yeah but feel free to fire in any questions for bales for peter i am adam good luck everybody 